Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a truly inspiring guest joining us. Please welcome Susan Snow, an extraordinary individual who has overcome unimaginable challenges to reclaim her life and find healing amid profound loss. So Susan's journey began on a fateful Halloween night in 1985. Can you imagine, like, so when her father, LAPD detective Thomas C. Williams, was tragically ambushed and killed. So Susan, only seventeen years old at that time, and experienced a devastating loss that would shape the course of her life. So yet, through incredible resilience and determination, she has emerged. as a beacon of hope and strength for others who have endured violence and loss her story is one of the profound transformation and her experiences navigating trauma provide invaluable guidance for those seeking healing so as a published author speaker and coach she offers practical insights and inspiring lessons on managing post traumatic stress disorder which we call as ptsd finding resilience in the face of adversity and embracing vulnerability with courage and forgiveness so despite the heart wrenching circumstances she has emerged to reclaim her life and discover a path to healing so today she not only works as a the realtor in the denver metro area but also shares her story as a source of inspiration and empowerment for others on their own journey of recovery in this episode we'll delve into sheet susan's compelling story exploring the challenges she has faced and the invaluable lessons she has learned along the way so we'll discover how she has managed ptsd found purpose and resilience and navigated the complex emotions that come with loss and forgiveness so susan's unwavering strength and her commitment to transforming tragedy into hope will leave you inspired and empowered her story serves as a testament to the indomitable human spirit and the power of embracing a healthy mind for a fulfilling life so with the further ado let's embark on this remarkable 
conversation with Susan as we explore the journey of healing, resilience, and the pursuit of a healthy mind and a healthy life. Welcome to the show, Susan. Wow. <laughs> I'm so humbled by what you just said. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Always welcome. So, so Susan, like, um, I know I have, I have read your uh, bio, I have read about you, I have researched a lot about uh, your profile, but uh, definitely for the listeners, I, I, I'll definitely uh, love you to share like your journey of conquering fear, finding purpose and embracing the resilience is truly inspiring, right? So could you share a little more about how you initially navigated the aftermath of your father's tragic passing and the process of reclaiming your life. So I guess this is really, uh, uh, people should know about it, like how you have managed. Well, first of all, you know, being when it happened and I was 17, hmm. um, back then in the, in the 80s, there was no conversation around PTSD. Um, anything having to do with mental health definitely wasn't in the forefront. And there was no support system for teenagers, children. Um, and so when I first, uh, when it first happened, um, obviously, you know, you're in a state of shock. So for, I, I spent a lot of time in a fog, um, a lot of time feeling because of the situation around it, I felt very unsafe. Um, and even though I had bodyguards, <laughs> all of a sudden, I just, uh, I felt totally unsafe. And so I had all of these different emotions going on as a teenage girl. Um, the first unfortunate experience I had with therapy, I had all these hopes and dreams <laughs> that, that someone, that an adult would help me navigate through all of these different emotions that I was dealing with the anxiety, the depression, although I didn't know it was called depression back then either. Um, you know, the fog, the brain fog, all of that, just feeling like I was walking through life, but I wasn't really living it. Um, and I went to therapy because that was what I was told to do. And, um, I had hopes that the therapy would help. Unfortunately, when I first met this therapist, um, our conversations were very shallow. He didn't even dive into the trauma once. And being a teenager, I had no idea what questions to ask, you know? So if you don't know what you don't know, you just kind of show up and after an entire year, I mean, all we talked about at that time was my then boyfriend, my relationship with my mother and school. And that was it. And people are blown away by that. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? You were there for the trauma. I said, yeah, I know. Um, and so after a year of seeing him, he looked at me and said, Susan, you're a very strong, well-rounded young lady, and I don't need to see you anymore. But I was so confused because I was still dealing with suicidal ideation. 
anxiety, brain fog. I wasn't sleeping at night. Um, all these things. And I, I was like, this is what therapy is. This, this makes no sense to me. So when he told me that I was a well-rounded young lady and that I was strong and I would be fine for the rest of my life, my mindset told me, you're just crazy. That's it. You've snapped. You're crazy. This is something you're just going to deal with for the rest of your life. So I kind of owned that. Like, I'm just crazy. And, um, and, and that was hard because I was just, I was so young and I had no idea how to navigate everything coming my way. So, um, that was unfortunate. That was my first experience with therapy. And I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people experience therapy similar, um, and I, I would say that it 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 makes a big difference when your therapist when you feel comfortable with your therapist um, that you're able to tell that person and know that whatever you tell them is going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, the safety is what's important. Feeling safe and feeling like you can be vulnerable and not judged and still sail, still feel safe. Um, so many years I went through, you know, from 17 to when, uh, I was a mom, I was married. I had two children. We moved to Colorado and, uh, and Columbine happened. And I was working at, as a hairdresser at the time, uh, I had left my client and went into the back and turned on the TV and the news was on. And I had a visceral reaction to what I was seeing. And I started, my palms were sweating, my my heart was pounding out of my chest. And I knew like, I'm having a panic attack, but I don't know why. I don't understand because Um, And I turned white as a ghost. And my the nice thing about moving to Colorado is no one knew who I was. No one knew my story. I didn't have to explain myself. And my coworker looked at me and said, oh, my gosh, do you have kids that go there? Or do you live in that neighborhood? Or how are you? You know, why? What is happening to you? Mm. And I looked at her in the face. I said, I have no idea what's happening to me. I don't know why I have no children there. I don't live there. Um, and at this point I still didn't know that I had PTSD. So what happened was I started to have those old feelings come back, the brain fog, the suicidal ideation, the anxiety and the panic attacks. And I had no way to control them because I didn't know how. So I went for an entire week and my husband finally looked at me. I came home one day and he said, you have two choices. You either go to the doctor or I'm putting you in the hospital. And I made the choice to go to the doctor and immediately they put me on meds. And then they said, you need to see a therapist. And I went, oh, no. (laughs) therapy again. (laughs) 
So I just was like, okay, but I need to do something. I'm now a mom, you know, and I was having those feelings every day, those fleeting feelings of, uh, I don't want to be here anymore. And I know a lot of people go through that and it's, you know, and they come in and they go out and they come in and they go out. And so I finally met this therapist, um, and I kind of gave her a synopsis of what was going on with me and why. And she was the first person to look me in the face and say, everything that you've gone through since you were 17 years old is normal. You, young lady, have PTSD. And I looked at her and I said, I don't get it. Like, I didn't go to war. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not in the military. Like, and she said, no, normal, like, Ordinary people who go through traumatic experiences can experience PTSD. And I got to say that that was the turning point for me. Absolutely, 100%. And I finally had some hope that I was going to learn how to manage my PTSD. Because once you have PTSD, once you've gone through trauma, it's not something that goes away. It's something that you manage. Mm. So now I was able to kind of put myself, you know, create like a map of how I was going to move through all of these different uh, mental things that were happening to me. So it's, I know uh, I can, I can feel like, I can't feel actually, uh, but uh, I can actually uh, imagine the stages you have gone through and what kind of uh, stress and the pressure was there on you. So it's oh, yeah. really painful. It's really painful. It was very painful. And I think it was, it was really frustrating too, because when she told me that, I thought about my first therapist and I thought, he set me up yeah. to fail. And, um, you know, and so when I, when I started going through that therapy, I started, the first thing I learned was journaling and I had no idea the power behind journaling. People kind of poo poo it and, oh, I don't have time and all of that. But I will tell you that every single person that I've ever coached that I've ever talked to, that is the first thing I tell them. When you when you take what's in your brain and you put it on paper, there is a release. So you're releasing that emotion and that feeling of panic, because when you're in anxiety, especially you're like in a panic mode, I would say even when you're in, you know, the depths of depression you're 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 grabbing at whatever you can do to make yourself feel better. So initially I started journaling and anytime I had a negative thought, I put it on a piece of paper and I just kept doing that. And then we trans we 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 started with that and then we transferred to reprogramming that thought. So any negative thought, I would come behind it with a piece of gratitude. Yeah. And man, that was empowering. 
for sure. Because when I got into the gratitude, it literally changed my mindset. And, you know, it's it's not this wishy-washy, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. because the brain is such a powerful thing and it believes you whatever you tell it. So if you're telling it negative things all the time, you're going to feel hopeless. But if you're feeding it with things that are positive, then you have a little bit more power to yourself to be able to move through the negative. Exactly true. Exactly. So it's it's all about the energy. Like if we carry Mm -hmm. negative thing surrounding ourselves. So most of the time we'll also be into that. So like a simple example, like, uh, we we often heard during our childhood that um, one rotten apple can actually uh, ruin everything inside that basket. Spoil the rest. Mm-hmm. Correct. So the same way, like if we always think about the negative things, negative things and negative things, so that negative energy also will come to us, will forcefully come to us. So it's always better to get rid of the negative things and always think of positive. Because what I also believe... Uh, but I also have learned from my uh, father uh, that he, he used to mention like uh, like whatever happens always happens for the good. So yes. always think for positive. Whatever is happening, even if it's uh, not good for you or uh, looking, uh, it's it's not looking good to you. Then also believe that something good is there. That is the reason it's happening. So everything right. is yeah. So it's true, really true. You have mentioned it. So. Yeah. What you focus on expands. Exactly. exactly. So that's positive and negative. So, you know, it's, it's, um, for instance, I had a friend and all she did was think about all the negative things that were happening to her. And I finally asked her, I said, uh, what would happen if you started one day with one positive thought? And she was so, you know, when you're in it, you're in it, you know, when you're, when you're feeling the stress and you've got things going on, you know, it's hard to jump out of that. But I told her, I said, what if you focused on one positive thing a day, first thing in the morning, the minute you open your eyeballs (laughs) and see what it does, just see what it does, you know, and So she started doing it one day and it's, you know, it still wasn't, you know, wasn't doing that. And then she did it another day. I told her to start on a Monday. So she started on Monday and it really didn't change her attitude. And then Tuesday changed it a little bit, you know, and then by Wednesday, she was like, I felt a little bit better getting up in the morning, right? Then all of a sudden, by Thursday, she started seeing some positive things happening in her life. So by Friday, she was like, oh, this is weird. Like my problem that I had on Sunday no longer exists because I was able to fix it by Friday. Right. So I was just like, do you see what I mean? Like, I'm not just pulling this out of the sky, you know. When you keep expanding on all these negative things, guess what you're bringing to you? Negative things. So 
she was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, plus I said, do you really want to live your life in victimhood? I talk about that all the time, whether you want to be a victim or if you want to be a survivor. I have, I, I lived in victimhood for a while and now I look at it and go, oh no, don't know. No, I am a survivor. I will continue to keep that mentality. And I think that being having that mentality gives you a little bit of power. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing. The power of the thought of the mind. The mind's a crazy, crazy place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And also with, uh, with the mindset also, uh, one thing is coming mm -hmm. again, like forgiveness. So forgiveness is often oh, yeah. That's big. kind of complex and deeply personal journey, I would say. So for this, like, how did you approach forgiveness? Uh, even of this such immense pain and loss you had. So what role uh, did forgiveness played in your healing process? And mm. how did it impact on your overall well-being? Oh, my gosh. So, um. There's so much myth around forgiveness. And I've had many conversations about um, how people think about forgiveness and how in some minds, forgiving someone is actually forgetting about what they did, right? Or dismissing what they did um, to hurt you and whatever your trauma is. And what I learned about myself is that I felt like if I didn't forgive somebody, that I would live in a world of hatred. I would hold hatred in my heart and hatred just kills you slowly. It doesn't allow you to have the life that you want or that you deserve. And, um, you know, my mother is a total like example of that situation because she has lived with this hatred in her heart since the day it happened and i don't think she will ever find forgiveness which is unfortunate because here's my take on it my take is when you forgive somebody you have removed their power from you you have completely removed their power. So for an example, the guy who murdered my father is sitting on death row and we will never see him put to death in Southern, in uh, Northern California. However, my mom's reason to be there if it had happened and my reason to be there are to totally different things. She just wanted to see him die. Uh, she wanted to see him suffer. She wanted to feel like if that would help her feel better. Me, on the other hand, is I wanted to go and look him in the eyes and say, you didn't win. I will never give you the power over me and over my life. I've forgiven you. I will never forget what you did. I will never forget what you've done to my family, but you have never had any power over me ever. 
And so, and I think that's kind of the message I want people to understand when it comes to forgiveness is you are taking your power back. You are not handing it to them by one playing the victim and two, that's what they want most of the time. Right. So not only have they hurt you, but they want to continue to hurt you. And if you don't allow that to happen, you're taking your power back. And that's important for people to know. Exactly true. Exactly. And uh, one more thing, I, I also believe that uh, forgiveness, uh, people who forgive or people who uh, always forgive other person, I'm not uh, saying about the uh, for what reason or the other person who forgives others are uh, taken or considered as the most strongest person because uh, the person who can forgive is only the strongest person because a uh, weaker person will not be able to uh, forgive someone. So that mm -hmm. that's a kind of belief. I, 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 do, I have this belief, but yes, this shows a kind of strength uh, in that person and right. you for sure. Well, and, you know, if it's someone who has hurt you, clearly you can forgive them and not have them in your life either. Right. So, you know, if there is a situation where someone was, um, you know, if there was domestic violence or, you know, something to that effect, um, just because they forgive them does not mean that they need to go back mm. or, you know, have that happen to them again or whatever um it's important that people understand that the 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 one thing that you want to do is that person has taken a piece of you right, right? Mm -hmm. by hurting you in some sort of way they've they've hurt, they've taken a piece of you a piece of your soul and when you find that strength to forgive them and take your power back your piece is still going to be fractured, but you are at least getting some of it back eventually. Right. right. And it takes work to do that. You know, I didn't just snap my fingers one day and go, okay, I'm going to forgive today. Right. It was work and you have to work on your inside you on you. Yeah. Right. And so, um, that was the one thing that I needed to do is just kind of peel away my onion and figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. Exactly. Exactly. True. Exactly. So um, I can also understand. So from, from your past, so this, this question is also coming to my mind because even I have heard from a lot of people uh, about this kind of thing. So uh, just, just asking for uh, their perspective also like grief and healing are the lifelong processes but how have you managed grief over time because uh it, it's it's not so easy and also what coping strategies or self-care uh, practices or strategies uh, have been kind of uh, instrumental in maintaining your emotional well-being well i would say that you know um when it comes to loss there is no timeline, right? Yeah. You said grief is a lifelong journey. True. Um, 
And initially when some there is loss, obviously you go through stages where you're in shock, you know, and, um, and then there's sadness and then there could be anger, um, and all of those things. However, um, what I learned to do after I started to heal was when I started to feel an emotion, because a lot of people will compartmentalize themselves, right? So something comes up and they go, no, 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 no. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to do this. And so they go to the different direction. Nobody ever wants to go straight into pain, right? Nobody. We want to all sit in pleasure land and not have any pain whatsoever. However, um, two things, you need to give yourself some grace, right? So if you're feeling it, with grief, you have good days and you have bad days. So if you can give yourself the grace on the bad days and allow yourself to feel those emotions and make no excuses or no apologies to anybody, because mm -hmm. that's your journey. And so it's very important for people to understand that, one, there is no timeline. You know, I have talked to a lot of people who have lost. I mean, my dad has been gone almost 38 years now. It'll be in October. It'll be 38 years. And, you know, when Halloween comes around, I still feel it. Right. Yeah. And whatever that emotion is, I give myself grace to feel that emotion. And I if I'm sad, I'm sad. If I'm angry, I'm angry. Whatever it is, allow yourself to have that emotion because the more you push it away, it's going to come screaming back at you. So you just got to allow yourself to give yourself some grace and feel that emotion, whatever it is. And if you feel like, you know, obviously nobody wants to deal with things alone. Yeah. So if you have someone that you trust that you want to talk to, that you can go to them and say, look, I'm feeling really angry today or I'm feeling really sad today and and have a conversation with that person. I encourage it. Right. Nobody wants to go through grief, grief and loss and and all that by themselves. But for some reason, some people feel like they have to do that. Exactly. And if that's what you need to do, then fine. But if you feel like, you know what, I can't go through this emotion by myself, then by all means, you know, reach out to your therapist, reach out to a friend, tell your spouse, you know, so it's, it's really important to be able to, um, feel comfortable when you're in that state. You know, whatever, whatever that state is, if that's sadness or anger or whatever. Exactly. Extremely true. So for someone uh, who is currently facing their own fears with trauma. So what words of encouragement or guidance would you offer? So I can just say to what I did. Right. So even writing a book. um, it took me four and a half years to write this book. And the reason it took me so long is because I had to dive and I had to feel all the emotions and all the things uh, that my trauma brought. And 
in order to put it on paper so that people can feel what I felt. And there was a lot of fear around that, a lot, because when you've done some of this work, you still have a fear of, okay, if I'm diving into this emotion right now, am I going to come out of it? What's going to happen, right? So what I was doing to help myself keep moving forward Because some people will start at that point and the minute it gets too hard, they back out. They back out and they don't want to go back into it, right? Well, I had no choice. I couldn't back out of it, but I had to figure out how I was going to keep moving, keep moving forward. So I thought about the people out there that this was going to benefit, I found my purpose. So whatever it is, whether it's your children, whether it's, you know, your spouse, whether it's whoever, find your purpose and head towards that. And just know that once you move through your trauma and your pain and you keep going and finding your purpose, the freedom from that pain is It's unmeasurable. It's just, you've got to find that fire and we all have it. I don't care who you are. You all have it. You find that fire to focus on your purpose and that will allow you to move through your pain. And so for me, it was the, the, the prospect of helping other people with my book and just keep moving forward. And in doing that, I continue to heal even more so. So it's, it's, um, it's just a matter of um, just finding your fire inside. I talk about bulldozing your fear, right? So even if that, if you have to visualize yourself bulldozing through your pain and your fear, whatever that you know, you can attach something to your pain. Um, you know, for me, it was like a big black ball blob, right? And I was like, all my pain and my fear was this blob and I was just going to run right over it, you know? So whatever you have to do to get to that other side, you know, sure. that's how you do it. And you just have to find out it's not one size fits all. What I did may not help someone else, but if you figure out what your purpose is on that other side of that pain, it's powerful. Exactly. Extremely true. And uh, books are a great way to share things, to express things. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. So uh, the great Susan, like, so before we wrap up, like, like looking ahead, what do you envision for yourself and your mission to inspire others on their healing journeys? Oh, yeah. So my mission is to get on a stage. <laughs> my biggest goal in life is to talk to 10,000 people face to face. I've already done it on podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> but face to face, really, if I can if I can make a, make a difference in one person's life out of those 10,000 people, I've done my job. My, my, 
my purpose that I found was this. We're all given things in our life that cause us pain. And I feel like once you've been able to move through your pain and get to the other side, you should teach. You should help others to get through theirs, right? So I think in in humanity, that's what should happen. Um, and so my biggest, you know, my biggest thing is just to be able to get out to the masses and really talk to people and help them in their own journeys, because that is what I was given. That is my purpose. And it's taken me a long time to figure it out, but it's here. And um, I've, you know, I've enjoyed what the book has brought to me as far as like people who have come to me and said it did help them. They were able to connect with it in some sort of way. And that to me just quantifies why I wrote the book in the first place. Just not just for my healing, but for others healing. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's really very nice. So like, as we come to the end of this powerful episode, we want to express our deepest gratitude to Susan for joining us and sharing her incredible journey of conquering fear finding the purpose and embracing the resilience. So her story is a testament to the indomitable human spirit and the transformative power of healing. So through her experiences, what we have gained is valuable insights into navigating the aftermath of trauma, confronting the fear and reclaiming our lives. So her wisdom and practical guidance definitely provided us with the tools to cultivate the resilience, embrace vulnerability, and find the meaning in the face of adversity. So always remember that healing is a lifelong process and it takes courage to embark on that journey. So her story serves as a beacon of hope, reminding us that even in the darkest of times, there is always the possibility of growth, transformation, and the renewed purpose. So we encourage you, all our listeners, to reflect on the lessons shared today and to apply them in your own lives. Seek support, practice the self-care, and nurture the healthy mind that can lead to a healthy life. So if you or someone you know is facing their own fears or dealing with the trauma, reach out for help. There are always the resources and the communities ready to support you on your healing journey. We hope this episode has inspired you to embrace the resilience, find purpose and conquer fear. Always remember that you are capable of navigating the path to healing and living a life of fulfillment and joy. Thank you for tuning to Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. Be sure to join us for future episodes where we continue to explore topics that empower and nourish the mind, body, and soul. Until next time, take care of your mental well-being, embrace the resilience, and remember that you are not alone on this journey. Together, we can conquer fear, find the purpose, and create a life filled with hope and healing. Thank you so much.